Doug Masters, raised on an airbase, born to fly. Doug, it's your dad. He's been shot down. Now his father is a hostage in a foreign country. I have been informed you will not sign the confession we require. At no time did I violate your territorial airspace. And nobody's willing to help him. We're doing all we can. It's just nothing, isn't it? They're gonna hang him. Except one retired combat pilot. Chappie, he's only got... Three days. I got the whole base wired. I can get you. Plane, aerial recon, intelligence. Get me a couple of pilots soon. I can get you one. We're gonna bust them out of there. Sure you're up to it. All right, they're back to going! While the government can't risk a rescue, they will. I want these pigs blown out of the sky. See you soon, Dad. Gossett Jr., Jason Gedrick, Iron Eagle. Welcome to They Called Us a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Called Us a Movie. We are part of the Main Naming Network. It's find more from us. Check out the website, themainnaming.com, or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at The Main Naming. We are also now a proud member of Geek Fives Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Called Us a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchi, and with me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, friends. How's it going? Chappy! <laughs> is that Mark? It sounds like something Mark would say. That's chappy. Yeah, guys, we watched a movie this week. But before before we get into that movie that Mark is alluding to, Dan, you had something you wanted to discuss this week. I did. So Godzilla vs. Kong is coming out. And by the time this is released, it will have come out. And my wife was making a joke that we don't have any more room in our basement to get the Godzilla vs. Kong poster because I already have just, you've seen my basement pretty much. I, Mark has. There's just posters galore in my in my basement. <laughs> and it just, it made me think, I was like, yeah, you know, like I have, you know, I have the Kong Skull Island poster. I have an old school Godzilla poster. I was like, yeah, I would love to have it. And it just made me think, like, what would I get rid of in order to make room for this Godzilla versus Kong poster? And nothing, I, I wouldn't get rid of anything because that poster is not that good to me and then it made me think well what poster would i use to get rid of anything that i have like what's a really good movie poster and a lot of movies don't have really good movie posters anymore they don't you know they don't have like raiders of the lost ark or star wars type of feel to them so i just wanted to kind of gauge your guys reaction what are some of your favorite movie posters what's a movie poster you would love to hang up in your house Sure. I will say, I think that sort of is kind of the same way that album covers went. So like uh, album covers, like really a thing when you had these giant 10 by 10 vinyls. Right. Right. And then when it started to die out, when cassettes 
came in because they're just so so small in terms of the the medium that they were being displayed on. So they they kind of took a back seat. Then you came back with vinyl, vinyl came back again and then comes back again. So I think it's sort of like the same thing as like you know part of the advertising in movies back in the 70s and 80s was just people going to the movie theater and seeing those without having to see a trailer like four months in advance on a on a website you know that was like the first thing that people saw it was like oh that fucking that poster looks fucking amazing can't wait to see that movie so i think that is probably one of the reasons why maybe movie posters kind of aren't the main selling point in terms of posters, like what's the best ones? I think the person that does movie posters the best is Spielberg. You mentioned Raiders of the Lost Ark, but like how iconic is that E.T. poster? I mean, he created his production company's logo out of out of that, the Amblin Entertainment logo. Um, Bat, Jurassic Park, Jaws, all excellent movie posters. That those for me, like I really love like I minimalist to the point of like or icon movie posters. I don't like anything too busy, like the Avengers posters. They're just faces and mm. never really got me. Yeah. But like hand drawn stuff, like the Raiders of the Lost Ark and all the the I, there is a artist that is responsible for all those that are really good. But I can't think of his name right now. I will look it up when Mark goes. But that's who I thought was uh, Spielberg for sure. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you would like the minimal minimalist posters, Ant. Yeah, so on my end, we'll get the obvious one out of the way. Obviously, Rocky, the poster of him being held up with the American flag is really good. The first one's a little played out just because I actually had that poster. So if you're asking me which one would I like to have, I've never had four. So, yeah, that first Rocky poster is a little bit like the Scarface poster to me. Like everyone has it. Yeah. You know, yeah. This, that is thing. a very popular one for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So speaking of minimalist, the other one that I really loved, and it might be because I had the VHS. But I absolutely love the face-off poster with okay. the two okay. half of their faces and, you know, the names exactly the same. The one thing I didn't remember until I looked it up was that they also did Travolta slash Cage. Like they do face slash off right. in, in the logo. And it reminded me of looking how everything is very, like, the same there. It reminds me of a story I heard, and I know I bring up these set of movies all the time. But the clause that's in uh, Vin Diesel's contract for Fast and the Furious is nobody can look taller than him in the poster. So (laughs) it just looking at this, I'm like, oh, maybe it's not just Vin that has an ego in this (sighs) because, you know, Travolta and Cage, it's almost the same amount of face. The letters are exactly the same size so that one is not seemed as bigger than the other. But yeah, yeah, that face off poster is, like I said, it's probably burned into my memory and I like a lot just because I had the VHS of it and saw it all the time. And the uh, I had mentioned off there the funny thing in terms of movie posters. I don't know if you've seen this GIF, but somebody put together that if you like animate a bunch of Nicolas Cage posters, there's eventually there's a thing of him looking from left to right (laughs) over time (laughs) as you go through the animation Mm, and it, it fits perfectly. And it's really funny and mesmerizing. I enjoy minimalist posters as well. You're going to be surprised by this, Ant, but one of the posters that I like a lot is the uh, There Will Be Blood poster. I don't know if okay. you remember seeing it. It's just, I, I think it's just the oil well, right? And it's mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the dark background, or the, the red background and the dark foreground. Sure. I just, it seems very ominous. Yeah. Uh, I like that. Is it the one with the orange sky and the uh, the oil derrick that looks like a, a cross? Yes, yes. That that's a cool looking because you don't really 
get a whole sense of what it, it what it is. Yeah. You know, it's it just it looks ominous to me. It almost looks like a horror movie, right? The if I remember correctly, the the, the spelling of the title is like old time English. Yeah, it's like gothic. Yeah, it looks really good, and and we're all Jaws fans, but and as great as the first Jaws poster is, have you guys ever seen Jaws two poster? Is it the girl on the skis? I think that's is that Jaws three? I could be wrong, but. I, I think Jaws 2 is basically just a sunset with the with the fin coming out of the water. Okay, I'm see, I'm seeing that. It looked like that might be an international poster. Oh, is it? I, I remember seeing that one. Yeah. And just I, I love the, the the sunset with the water nice and yeah. yeah, it's just very minimal. The Exorcist. That's a that's a big classic. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think. In a lot of the older ones, the the less was more kind of prevailed mm-hmm. in some of them. And every even like there are certain superhero movies that you'll get. Like I think Logan was kind of a less is more. It's like he's walking into the sunset kind of thing, old time yeah. cowboy feel to it. So stuff like that I really enjoy. I I don't like it when it's too busy as well. Yeah. Because then you don't really know what to focus on and. And as as much as we all enjoy superhero movies, there's really not a whole lot to imagine in those posters. Yeah. But on the other hand, like one of the Godzilla posters that I have, I think it's Destroy All Monsters. Okay. And it's just, it's all, it's like yellow, orange, and there's all these fucking monsters on it. <laughs> and it's super busy, but I, it's one of my favorite ones. But it, I just, because I like the way that the design of Godzilla is. It just to me, I, I would say that I would probably put the uh, "There Will Be Blood" down in my basement. Nice. Well, the poster, not I, I would right. not put blood. There, there will be none of that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, scrolling through another one, "Escape from New York" is pretty cool with yeah. uh, the Statue of Liberty's head. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I would say, and again, I'm I'm not a huge fan of that movie, "There Will Be Blood," but I would probably say that's one of my favorites. Well. Yeah, I think I think horror movies usually have a great one. I'm just looking through, but you said The Exorcist, but mm-hmm. The Evil Dead's got a great one against that blue sky with the girl, you know, being dragged underground. The Mist has a pretty good one. The Mist is that the one with? It's basically the grocery store. Yeah, it's like okay. looking at the 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 big windows and like silhouetted. What's his name? Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Yeah, looking out on it. Nightmare on Elm Street's got a great one. The the whole Nightmare on Elm Street franchise has pretty excellent posters. Drew Struzan was the uh, artist that I was thinking of who did like the the Goonies, Back to the Future, yeah. Raiders of the Lost Ark, Star Wars. He did all those amazing posters. He yeah. has a he has a style like you know yeah. it's his. Yep. It, which is cool. Yeah. Dead and Buried's got a pretty good one. Now we're getting into the we're getting uh, the deep cuts in terms of the horror movies. <laughs> That's a good one though. Alien, very simple, Alien. very yep. iconographic. Scream's got a good one. Blair Witch Project. What yeah. about the the original, like the Batman 1989? It's just the, the bat yeah. symbol. It's just the logo. Yeah. yeah. I had that, and then I tore it up because I was a terrible child. You tore it up? Well, I didn't, ta- I didn't like sit there and go rip. I mean, these I just, are your words, sir. Yeah, I, I didn't take good <laughs> care of it. I mis- mishandled it very badly, and okay. 
I, I'm very upset by that. The thing, you, like the thing was one that I was going to say that I forgot about. I thought in a fit of rage after watching Batman and Robin, you just ripped up that. This Batman's no dead more. to me. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> I hate you. No, no, I was just, my dad had gotten it for me, I think as a birthday gift. And I was so young. I didn't, I was an idiot. I didn't know what I was doing with it. But there is one poster I was able to save from my childhood the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, 1990. Nice. I, and that that is in my basement. I still have that. Our picture show's got a good one. Yeah. I was just thinking of probably the worst poster that I've had, and I thought was great at the time I got it. I had that Jay and Silent Bob one that was the entire words to that song that Jay sings. Um, <laughs> and that's the entire poster. I was like, oh, cool, I'm in college, and this word says, like, blunt and motherfucker or whatever on it. This is <laughs> so cool edgy. and edgy. We're edgy, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, that's yeah. better than the Boondock Saints that every kid had in college. Yeah. I did not have a Boondock Saint poster. It's like my that, Dane Cook. <laughs> yeah. Or I could say I didn't. I never went to see a Dane Cook show. Yeah, but I, I have, so I, I don't get to point fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, I, that that's fun. I I think it's uh, I, I one of my dreams was always being able to have enough space to have all these movie posters, and I would love to add to the collection. So you know, maybe one day I'll get that. Uh, there will be blood. What about the fanatic? We'll put the fanatic in there. <laughs> John Travolta's just a big fat guy with a bad haircut. Oh, <laughs> uh, Rosemary's Baby's a good one. Yep. Yeah, these are classics. Like I said, I think horror movies consistently have great ones you, you know what i would really like to have and you, you can look this up and this is more just my being it's my preference the godzilla king of the monsters one where he and Ghidorah are kind of wrapped up in this it's almost like a fog the, the way that it's portrayed it, it makes them look pretty much godlike it's like they're fighting in the clouds mm-hmm. i love that one that that might be one of my favorite godzilla posters Gotcha. How many Godzilla posters do you currently own? One giant poster, but I have, so I have, I have that one. I have a Shin Godzilla print, and I think I have Godzilla versus King Kong from 1964. I don't know, but is it, I don't think it's a large, I think it's another print. So I have three prints. Did, did they have to nerf Godzilla in that one, brah? N- no. <laughs> He he wasn't all that powerful back then. He wasn't <laughs> as strong as he got like in the 80s and the 90s where he was basically unstoppable because in in the 60s he could still be killed. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, if they have the same ending to that movie that they have like if they have the same ending in this new movie that they did in the older one, I'm not going to be happy because it was just like very vague. They both tumble off the cliff and then got, King Kong just kind of walks away. <laughs> i hope that doesn't happen well i'm assuming that they're gonna have something more epic right that's the they, word right that's as long what as it's they're saying epic. listen it's 80 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> you know who can't say they have an 80 percent rotten tomato score <laughs> Zack snyder Zack snyder lost <laughs> lost to a monkey well despite I mean, the we best don't. efforts <laughs> right. yeah oh yeah seriously but that's for another uh that's for off the podcast because then i'll just <laughs> i won't stop He's living in your head rent rent free, bro. Forever. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got to talk about for our yeah. movie poster talk. So we are going to take a second to play some ads to pay those bills. So we'll be right back. 
And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So, Mark, you want to introduce this yeah. movie? So, this movie uh, came in second place last time I had to choose a movie. And I decided to choose it again because in work, I have a bunch of co-workers that are in, like, their mid-40s. And they all seem obsessed with this movie. And there's even a poster of it in our office. So, I chose Iron Eagle from 1986, a fighter pilot movie. I chose this and put this upon you guys because I didn't want to feel left out at work, essentially, <laughs> is, what, is what we're doing here. Now, besides that, I'm always game for any kind of 80s action movie that seems to be obsessed with the things the 80s were obsessed with, whether it is fighter pilots or just random. I'm trying to think of how to describe fear of Middle Eastern people. Yeah, it just 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 <laughs> it, it's it's these really dumb movies that were trying to be the propaganda movies of the 50s in terms of the military and 40s, but had no idea to actually how to make it look cool. You know, it was just, I don't know how best to describe it. That's the whole thing I was thinking was, this just seems like somebody that was like, hey, I need to make a hour and a half Air Force recruiting movie. How can, how can we do that? All right, let's just show how cool it is to be on an Air Force base. And mm. Apparently, the worst security on the planet um, <laughs> occurs in this movie. And it also uh, ended up having another thing I love in 80s movies, which is hijinks by teenagers or adolescents set to popular rock songs from the 80s. This one had Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. Yeah, we're not going to take it. There's only um, one Twisted Sister yeah, song. <laughs> I couldn't think of it. I, 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 I freaked myself out when I called the Twisted Sisters when I wanted to, <laughs> when I wanted to give it possession and not not pluralize it and then I completely lost the entire thread. Mark had a but, mini yeah. panic attack. Yeah, a mini anxiety attack. I'm like, I think D Snyder is going to come for you now. <laughs> He's going to break down the wall. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> He's been known to do it. Yeah, that would yeah, be that would be a hilarious way to go out. <laughs> Killed by D Snyder. Crushed. <laughs> Yeah, we had another D. Snyder attack. That's what happens when I end up in hell. How'd you get here, D. Snyder? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, well, they meet on Tuesday. You go down there. <laughs> oh. And I'm surprised. I, Because in my notes, I had it like, oh, you know, obvious Top Gun ripoff. When in actuality, this movie came out first. I believe it was shot first. It released January 17th of 1986. Okay, so they pushed up. In the trivia, it says that they didn't want to compete with Top Gun, so I thought they had moved it afterwards, so I guess they moved it up. Okay. Yeah. So so theoretically, was Top Gun first, like they were shot first and all that? No, or Definitely um, not, because the man that does the aerial work in this movie dies while shooting Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh no yeah so yes yikes yeah I, I didn't know that I, I i saw it in the trivia i could pull it up but dan where are you coming from with iron eagle just real I, i'm sure that's one stunt that tom cruise was like man i'm glad i didn't do that one rest in peace that guy i'm sorry i have never seen iron eagle this movie has been on my maybe i'll do this episode hundreds of times <laughs> It's like, I'll just be scrolling through and I'll see it. This looks like it could be good. I'll look for something else. But no, I, I've never seen it. I didn't know that it had several sequels, but it made its, it made more than its budget back. So I could see why they greenlit a sequel. And this movie is, to me, it made dogfighting boring. 
I was not happy with this movie. Sure. It's not a bad movie, but I just I didn't understand a lot of the the nuances of it. I guess I I, I don't find the main character very likable. Mm-hmm. There's a weird race at one point when he's in a plane and then the bully's on a motorbike. Mm-hmm. Like, it, that's not normal. How like normal races happen? It's like all right, I'm gonna drive this, and then you could take a boat. You could just Every- go wherever you want. Everything about that scene is ridiculous. From the sheer fact that they're doing the same race that another person died doing. <laughs> number one. Number two, the one of the bully's friends sabotages Doug's plane. plane as a joke. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Death is taken very lightly in this movie. Yes. Yeah. The one the one thing that I will give this movie is that they came up with a funny nickname for uh Ronald Reagan. This, that's Ronnie why they Ray call Gun. him Ronnie Ray Gun. <laughs> like, wow, that's a new one. I'm sold. Very pro-Reagan movie. Very <laughs> anti-Carter to... movie, too. Yeah, I was going to say, Peanut right down Gun. to the anti-Carter slam. Yeah, they call him Mr. Peanut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, why not? So, during this snake scene in which Doug Masters race, races his Cessna 150 against a motorcycle-riding notcher, Great name for a bad guy. The pilot of the Cessna 150 Aerobat was renowned aerobatic pilot Art Scholl, who was killed later that year when his Pitts S2 camera plane crashed while filming in-cockpit footage for the flat spin sequence in Top Gun. So, yep, rest in peace, Art Scholl. I've never seen this movie before. I had a cursory knowledge that it existed. I didn't know what it was about. I will say a few things off the top. The aerial footage is excellent. It's really well done. But like, so there's a weird thing about the first dogfight scene and why, Dan, you probably find it really boring. There's no music at all. (laughs) (laughs) I was so distracted by the obvious miniatures just standing there and exploding. So every, every plane that explodes, and there are several, are obviously like cardboard (laughs) at best wood but it's it's very obvious not metal exploding (laughs) but yeah when there's dog fighting happening in the first scene it just the music just completely drops out for whatever reason and all we're left with is just these sat like the the airplane sounds which it just makes it feel really draggy the footage was really cool and for what i could tell that they shot all of this for this movie i mean this they wound up lifting the footage for from this into other movies. So I guess they even felt like it was pretty well done. This movie makes flying a jet seem incredibly easy. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, it's, it's always how like these heroes can all always push their their planes to the maximum and know that it's going to be okay. This is million dollars worth of equipment. Mm-hmm. There, there's zero percent chance, right, that anyone in the Air Force is like, no, she could take more. Like, no, <laughs> no, these yeah. things, these things are incredible, incredibly fragile. Yeah. yeah. I mean, rules, laws, death, all very taken with a very cavalier attitude in this movie. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. Doug, Doug and Chappie are war criminals. They're they're war <laughs> criminals. Milo <laughs> has several federal crimes. Yeah. Under and his belt. <laughs> Speaking of war criminals, the ending is preposterous. How they let Doug into the Air Force mm-hmm. 
after he pulls, he he invades a foreign country. He attacks a foreign country. It's an act of war. And he kills the Secretary of Defense of that foreign country. Yes. Yeah, he would be Evil Middle Eastern country. Which looks very similar to Arizona, by the way. (laughs) It's... And I, I love how in the 80s, right? It, it feels like, and not just the 80s, a lot of war movies where they let the good guys go because it would be gross negligence on the military. Like, oh, well, you just invaded a foreign country and uh, killed some high-ranking officials, but it would make us look bad, so off you go. Yep. It doesn't fly like that. It would be like, yeah, you know, they would make something up with the opposite, right? To make it look like we did everything we could or we had no no knowledge of this in a satire version of this movie the whole ending is just ronald reagan taking credit for it <laughs> well they do take credit for it that's exa- absolutely what happens so at the, in the last scene dan you didn't see this <laughs> <laughs> so after they have that whole conversation about him getting into the air force and everything like that they have like kind of a welcome home party for his dad on uh, at the airstrip and there's like a news report kind of talking about everything that happened and the official military uh, account of what happened is that they did a secret rescue mission with three or four pilots. There are rumors that say Chappie was involved with it, but they disavow that. And they never mentioned Michael was only (laughs) flew out to see his dad after he had been rescued in Germany. I I was more saying that Reagan would have taken personal credit for it. (laughs) That he negotiated with the head of the other country to have it released. I mean, that's what happened in Argo, right? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Like, I I would assume that it's true, but the Arab country is going to hang Doug's dad. Can they just, like, up and hang POWs? Uh, Is that a thing? When you're an evil Middle Eastern country, you do. Okay, so that's the whole reason, right? It's like, they're bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they would still have to, uh, uh, like, obey Geneva convention code right isn't that like a thing i I don't know if they could just kind of go yeah well we don't adhere to that well like that defense minister said dan we make the laws here true (laughs) in i did i did like in the one scene when the uh the colonel is trying to explain to doug like what happened to his dad why he was shot down and all that it's like yeah well you know so basically the arab emirate country they have a border of 200 miles. We only pay attention to about like 12 miles. So technically they're in the right. And and then in the scene where uh, Doug's dad is being held on trial, it's like, this is bullshit. You know, I was not in, I was not in your airspace. We just found out you were. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. So he says that basically the, the whole, the entire world recognizes 12 miles offshore is, where international waters takes place but for some for whatever reason this country adheres to 200 miles offshore so <laughs> it's, it's a little overkill but yeah so we're not even sure this could be an african country because i'm trying to think of where exactly on the mediterranean would like not be like israel or egypt that they could yeah. theoretically say it is sure it's definitely Question. not egypt because uh, lugasa yeah, gets saved gets by picked up yep yeah. It's probably Libya. Yeah, yeah, that would be the closest, I would think. I mean, the Libyans were the bad guys in Back to the Future. So, 80s, and Ronald Reagan did hammer in some sanctions. So, yeah. They never actually mentioned, they never mentioned their country by name, but we could assume it's Libya. Now, in... Ronnie Reagan. 
Ronnie Reagan. In Top Gun, is it's the Soviets, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So why didn't they just stick with that? Well, I mean, why not, man? Yeah, I mean, you have your pick, I guess. They yeah. they weren't the bad guys of the moment. <laughs> I, yeah, I, well, it's weird. I mean, they took place in the same year, so they both could have... I guess they. I guess it's good that they each got their turn to be yeah. bad, right? <laughs> According to us. Yes. Know. Yeah. I mean, this is this is clearly '80s pro-American propaganda. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Although they did not get permission from the U.S. Air Force to use their uh, any planes or anything like that. So they because, had to kind of fabricate planes. Yep. Because they they made the security on the airfield look so bad <laughs> that the air force said that they they didn't want to be a part of it because of that that's for sure if you can allow a how old is he he's like 18 Doug's 18 no he's he's got to be young. he's going to prom so he's probably like he's 17 or 17 18. 18 right yeah 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 if you if you allow a teenager to steal again million dollars worth of equipment and fly it to another country People are probably going to lose their jobs, I'd imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To and say this, the least. And, and this movie answers a question that is was still left hanging from Wonder Woman 1984. A fighter jet does need to refuel two times when flying <laughs> a long distance. <laughs> well, not, well, listen, hold on. I think it's perfectly capable of flying from D.C. to... <laughs> where were they going in Wonder Woman 84? It was probably somewhere in the, the same Middle area. East. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that I think is it just because Wonder Woman was on board that she could be like, yeah, no, it's uh, we don't need fuel. I, I have magic. Yeah, that was funny. That was it, it shows you how much my brain is broken. That was the first thing I thought of when they were like, OK, we're going to need to refuel twice on this flight. <laughs> Realism, man. I, I love it. Yeah. That was the other good thing that I could tell is the difference between this and Top Gun is they tried for some reason to make this seem a little more realistic. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's why it wasn't very exciting to you, Dan. Right. You know, instead of just, I, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but yeah, but showing like the plane looked exactly like the simulator, you know, and all that stuff. Like trying to drive that home. I, yeah. I'll give this movie credit because, you know, the the, the father gets shot down and the family's kind of just doing their thing. They're upset, obviously, but I, I was not expecting them to hang the dad. <laughs> and then, I, as the movie was going on, I just kept, I was like, "This motherfucker's not gonna fly into the the foreign country, is he? Oh my God, he is." <laughs> I didn't I didn't think they were gonna do that. I thought Chappie was gonna kind of have to take over that role and be like, "All right, well, I I didn't know your dad very well, but." I kind of like there's a rapport there, so I'll, I'll help him out or whatever. But like, damn, this movie has some balls, you know, it's <laughs> well, well, this was kind of the same time as Red Dawn, right? Yeah. So, the same time. so yeah. kids defending the country was kind yeah. of the and, thing. And this also felt like very Goonies on an Air Force base. <laughs> sure. It yes. had those moments. Yeah. 1984 was Red Dawn. So, yeah, a couple of years again, Soviets. Yep. So, Iron Eagle from 1986 was directed by Sidney J. Fury, who directed The Appaloosa, Lady Sings the Blues, Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, Ladybugs, and was fired from The Jazz Singer after he had already shot 48 hours worth of film. That stars Lou Gossett Jr., Jason Gedrick, David Suchet, Tim Thomerson, Larry B. Scott, Melora Hardin, Caroline Lagerfeld, Jerry Levine, Robbie Rist, Michael Bowen, Robert Jane, David Greenlee and Michael Aldridge. IMDb score of 5.5 and Rotten Tomato score of 20%. Budget, 
18 million dollars box office 24 million and spawned three sequels so yeah that's it. and a very good family guy joke as we found out about yep five minutes ago. yeah look it up because i'm not putting it here no <laughs> <laughs> What were the sequel names? I believe... One is just second. Iron Eagle 2. I think it was Aces, Iron Eagle 3. It's the third one. Yeah. Oh, is he in... Chappie's in that one, too? He's in all I... four of them. Is he in all four? Oh, yeah. that poor guy. He Who's discovers that? a drug smuggling scheme in the airbase. That's that's Aces, Iron Eagle 3. That sounds like an awesome movie. <laughs> Iron Eagle 4, yep. He's in every single one. We is got he two... still alive? Uh, I... F- like Mike Louis Gossett Jr. died recently, but now he did probably did after I met after I said that he did. Oh, which, uh, we know what's no, happening in a He's next still alive. Weeks. He's still alive. 1936. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Well, keep uh, keep a watch sorry. on him. Yeah, we'll cut this out. <laughs> he That's right. He he runs the aquarium. Yep. That's right. I remember. Oh, man, he looks so familiar. Obviously, he's a he's a big name too. He's been around for quite a while. Yeah, officer and a gentleman. Enemy Roots. Mine, Roots. Lou Gossett Jr. doesn't play, man. We also have two repeaters. Jerry Levine was in Teen Wolf 2. Michael Bowen was in The Night of the Comet. We also have Melora Hardin, who played Jan Levinson in The Office. She plays his girlfriend. Can like, I also, going back, one more thing before we get into the plot. Going back to the race, was there a reason why his friends are in another airplane? They're flying? spotting. They're, they're, they're spotting. Act, yeah, so they're watching to make sure that everything... Cause he, so that race, he has to stay within 50 feet of the ground. That's the rule that he has to adhere to. Okay. And, and, and the other guy's supposed to stick to the main road. But he but doesn't. But then he turns off and it goes, well, a road's a road, man. The Even though they specifically to... say you have to stick to the main road. <laughs> yeah. The and, only rule he had to follow when he broke and, it. So isn't wouldn't he have automatically been disqualified? The rules don't mean anything in this movie. That's what the whole thing is. But but only for Doug. Everybody. Everybody. Everyone breaks rules and nobody <laughs> nobody has consequences for said rules. And no one faces any uh, consequences. That's true. Yeah, I mean, they get all this intelligence from the airbase somehow, and yet we don't hear anything happening to the <laughs> to his friend. That that annoyed me so much. That little nerdy kid has all this top secret information. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they don't know what they're going to do. They're not acting on anything yet. How do you know this stuff, kid? You shouldn't just, be knowing this. He just hung around and listened. Yeah, literally. One of those, he just waited outside a briefing and heard and heard crystal clear. Did he have a cup held up he to must, the door? He must, have, he must have been taking minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see why the Air Force probably looked down on this movie. Yeah, they probably waterboarded that kid to find out what else he knew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah all was... top secret info, man. Especially in Ronald Reagan's Air Force. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was gonna say it was their first sign that this was a bad movie not to support when the uh, kid's father gets shot down and he can run into the situation room and then the <laughs> colonel pulls him aside and shows him top secret information. <laughs> that kid probably that kid probably has the nuke codes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like in his locker somewhere. Uh, one thing that just randomly that I noticed, all this music is like 90% like diegetic. And by that, I mean, there's always a a source on screen of where that music is coming from. I thought it was a really oh. weird creative choice. So like every time yeah. you hear like a pop song, I think except for maybe Twisted Sister, nine times out of 10, it's coming from either a tape deck or a stereo or a jukebox every time. It was so odd to me, but the, it means the, nothing. 
the only song that I remember from this movie is Roll of the Gypsy. Roll of the Gypsy, yeah. They that play song that like plays six like, times. yeah, it plays, that, that's this movie's danger zone. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it, like, for no reason it plays. <laughs> well, there is one reason why it plays. It's because it slaps. Does it? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I, I won't disagree, but I won't say by the fourth time I heard it, I was like, I want more of this. No, I, okay. I think I've had my fill of role of the gypsy. <laughs> you know what? I haven't heard in a few, a few scenes, role of the gypsy. <laughs> it's, I, I kind of, I have to take back my criticism of the guy who plays Milo, Robbie wrist. Cause he was the voice of Michelangelo. Oh man. From the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. So maybe oh. that's why he was getting all the cool shit. From the originals? The 1990. Wow. Yeah, interesting. I I did not know that because he he looks like such a dork and yeah. he plays like the coolest <laughs> turtle. We got a Ronnie James Dio song in this movie. Which one? Hide in the rainbow. Oh, everything with him was rainbow. <laughs> Iron like, Eagle, the Never Say Die, performed by King Cobra. We got Katrina and the Waves, George Clinton, Helix. I don't know who. Queen. Queen's got a song in this song. Queen does have a song. That's when he's in the simulator. Yeah. Like, how did they pull that? It's so weird for me when like, cause we wa- we watch these some of these movies that are like n- barely real movies, and then we get a movie like this that has like actual perfo- like uh, <laughs> like a budget acts <laughs> in the in the soundtrack. So you go from yeah. Cruel Jaws to this. <laughs> <laughs> well, Cruel Jaws had uh, Star Wars. Yeah, so <laughs> right. That's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> Proud Mary by Ike and Tina Turner. Yeah, th- this is a this movie is kind of a conundrum because it's not a very good movie, but it tried to be a good movie. Give me some loving, Spencer Davis group. What do you say we get into the plot? Let's do it. Alrighty. What do you got for us, Dan? I'm uh, gonna give a quick shout out to our friend Tia and her podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her friend Brittany discuss top ten lists. So you can follow her at TC underscore Stark on Twitter. She also writes articles for Geek Vibes Nation. I almost said the main Damien. We would love to have her write articles for us if that were possible. But go check out uh, Geek Vibes Nation. She writes some awesome articles and give her a follow. Great. And we're going to take a quick break while you listen to some ads. So we'll be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribed to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back now it's time to get into the plot for iron eagle we open on the tristar pegasus logo a very welcome sight 
And then we get right into the action as two fighter pilots fly a couple of jets as the credits roll. Suddenly, a few unidentified aircraft approach in a vaguely Middle Eastern accent. One of the pilots says they are encroaching on territory where the U.S. colonel can explain that they're doing a routine exercise they are fired upon. Colonel shoots one of the jets down and then tells the other pilots to retreat back to base. This entire scene plays with such such a lack of emotion. <laughs> I couldn't tell if they were going to wind up being some sort of exercise or not. Yeah, exactly. It's thinking the same thing. How great would that be? Like, there's like this whole big confusion. Like, oh, are are we? Is this cool or are we not? Like, oh no, no, yeah, my, I'm sorry. But I think we're okay here. Go, go ahead. Like, I was expecting it to just end with like, ah, oh, you got us this time, man. All right, <laughs> let's go back to base, brothers. Good <laughs> yeah, exercise. They, they give nope. themselves like a funny wink. Yeah, and there's no music. And the F-16s run into their mortal enemies, the MiG. It's always the MiG, right? <laughs> that was the, the enemy jet of the 80s. Yeah. Yep. He shoots down another jet, and eventually his plane gets damaged from enemy fire. Not enough, like, planes just, oh, getting hit by enemy fire, and then, like, I gotta make an emergency landing. Everything just explodes in this movie. <laughs> the, the one thing that always drives me crazy is that the enemy fires... It it only kind of like wounds the plane. Yeah. Right. It's like oh, it's like this could be fixed. Anytime an American plane fires on an enemy, instant death. Got that plot armor. Yeah, but it just like nicks the plane. Oh, it hit the fuel tank. Explosion. Yeah, it blows up their wooden planes. <laughs> Probably shouldn't be flying those, to be honest. Right. <laughs> We then cut to our hero, Doug, in his bedroom, playing some music. Goes to leave and walks in his brother, who he wants to bring with him, who's on the phone with an older girl, pretending he's a junior. Get it, kid? Yeah. <laughs> it's great how the, the younger brother's like, stop cock-blocking me over here. Yeah. <laughs> Go get your own woman. Get my dick wet, bro. <laughs> it's, a, it's a nice role reversal for 80s movies. It is. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it. Right, He's... Uh... He's basically just like uh, shaming his uh, older brother. Yeah. yeah. I, I love the end of the scene when the brother finally leaves and he goes, uh, my younger brother. Essentially, <laughs> what are you, what are what are we supposed to do? Tangled webs <laughs> that kid's weaving. <laughs> yeah. He's the original catfish. <laughs> and then we meet Doug's mom and his sister and we find out that he's going to graduate shortly and promise tonight. So Doug leaves in his Mustang, breaking several traffic laws on his way off the military base, just kind of starting this whole thing that rules don't mean anything. He heads to a burger joint where he meets up with his buddies Reggie and Tony, and then right behind him is his girlfriend driving her own car and getting hassled by some other dudes who, driving recklessly and almost driving her off the road, once again, rules mean nothing. If Doug punches the bully, the sheriff will put him in jail until his dad comes back. Yeah. That's the only rule. I, I had written down that Doug drives like an asshole and then immediately gets angry at other people driving like assholes. <laughs> like, only I can drive that way, buddy. Yeah. Right? sure is a real asshole and all he wants is for Doug to face him in the snake. But that's how Jimmy Branson died and no one seems to care that much about that. <laughs> well, I wish we could have seen a picture of Jimmy Branson. <laughs> they mentioned him an awful lot. Yeah. If this was a satire, we would have cut to the airfield where they meet. It would have been a sign called the Jimmy Branson <laughs> Memorial Airfield. <laughs> so Doug's brother sh then shows up with a letter from the Air Force Academy. Doug doesn't get in because his grades suck. <laughs> so, and then he throws away the letter and Notcher picks it up and announces it over the PA that Doug didn't get into the Academy. Doug wants to fight Notcher right there, but Notcher convinces him that the best way to settle this is to run the snake, which Doug agrees. 
So Doug goes to the airfield to get his plane, and some dude is working on it without his permission. And it's Lou Gossett Jr. playing Chappie. Tells him that he just fixed his plane so he doesn't die running the snake. So then he takes his plane to wherever it is that they run the snake, and the rules of the snake are simple. Doug is in his plane, Notcher is in his motorcycle. They have a specific course that they have to run. Doug can't go higher than 50 feet off the ground, and Notcher has to stick to the main roads. So they go. Doug's buddies follow behind in another plane, higher off the ground to watch. Notcher recklessly drives, putting a bunch of people in danger. And Doug is going well, and then all of a sudden, smoke starts pouring out of Doug's plane. One of Notcher's goons loosened the pressure tank on his oil tank, which is probably attempted murder. Yeah. Doug continues to fly despite his buddies telling him to land. Where Doug was he going to land? Uh, I guess in, I mean, it is the desert. There's plenty of in, places that you probably can crash land, but he's, emergency landing. He's flying over mountains. <laughs> True, it, too. It would have been a tough land, I think. Yeah. Doug pushes his plane and just barely beats Notcher and comes to a rough landing. And then he punches Notcher in the face for nearly killing him, which is, you know, well deserved. <laughs> <laughs> right. And Notcher's like, what's the big deal? And meanwhile, the fiery wreckage is right behind Doug. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's just a joke. It was just a joke. A joke just a prank. Yeah, boys will be boys, right? <laughs> Nowadays, it would show up on YouTube. Guy pranks his buddy by <laughs> sabotaging his uh, airplane. That shows up on Barstool for sure. Yeah. <laughs> back at the airfield, Doug's buddy Milo shows up frantically, telling him that he's got to get back to the base because his dad has been shot down and taken hostage. So he goes back to the base, and Doug tries to barge in on Colonel Blackburn's office and almost gets arrested by military police, but the colonel get, lets him through. And then the colonel freely just gives Doug some top-secret information. As they were to do. It turns out his dad was trying to establish international international airspace, but the border is disputed by the country that took him hostage. And Colonel mentions that the U.S. has embargoes on this country and that they might be using his dad as a way to get those embargoes lifted. So it's Libya. Yeah, it's a. I love that Doug also admits in the scene that his dad also talks to him about top secret information at home. <laughs> Everybody should lose their job by the end of this movie. <laughs> There's really yes. no such thing as top secret information, I guess. Nope. So he leaves with his mom and Dot. Doug starts talking about canceling his plans to the prom and not going to the graduation. His mom tells him that he should still go to graduation because it won't help his dad to not. And he would want Doug to go anyway. Can't let the terrorists win, Ant. Can't let him win. That's a good point. Although, who's a terrorist in this situation, really? <laughs> I feel like I feel like Doug's dad was trying to establish international airspace, quote unquote. You know, I don't think he's being forthright with why he was there. Yeah, by the end, we know who the real terrorist is. <laughs> is it the kid invading another country and blowing up their shit? Oh yeah, his wantonly murdering people for for one person, <laughs> and also killing someone who may be in the top five of secession in that country. <laughs> You know, if during Obama's presidency, there was just been a drone. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, one of our people got shot down. Send the drone. <laughs> so Doug's mom leaves with his younger brother, and then Doug goes to his buddies and tells his buddy Milo to snoop around the intelligence office and steal classified information, I suppose. Doug's other friend tries to cheer him up with some anti-Jimmy Carter, pro-Ronald Reagan propaganda. And then back in the stereotyped evil Middle Eastern country, Doug's dad is put on trial and tells them more or less that they're a backwards country with a sham court system. The country's leader tells him that America has violated agreements with them time and time again. Which is probably true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
I'm surprised that Milo didn't start talking about Reaganomics and trickle down and <laughs> all that stuff. That's the uh, the extended edition. Extended edition. That prom, Milo comes back with some information that he just so happened to hear outside the briefing door. Milo says that the country had no demands and that Doug's dad was already found guilty. Doug goes to visit the colonel the next day and finds out that the military plans to basically do nothing. Doug goes to get some time in the flight simulator, taking some someone else's spot. He does well at first, really cranking up the bloodlust for people that has taken his father hostage, but eventually <laughs> he crashes. When he gets out out of the sim, Lou Gossett Jr. is there and he criticizes him for hot-dogging in the sim. Doug finds out that he was a colonel. He follows after Lou Gossett Jr., and he tells him his dad is a tough guy and he should be okay. Doug tries to figure out a plan with Chappie, who was Lou Gossett Jr., and tells him that he's got all the connections on the base and that if Chappie wanted to attempt a rogue rescue mission, he can supply him with all the intelligence he would need. Uh, Doug would fly with him. Chappie blows him off. And at graduation, Doug reminisces about the time his dad risked his life and his career to let Doug take out a fighter jet, and it doesn't particularly seem <laughs> like Doug understands the ramifications of those certain actions. But... After the ceremony, Doug's mom drops the bomb that his dad is to be hanged in three days. <laughs> this movie is not, it, it doesn't pace itself well with like a good scene and then immediately followed up by a bad scene, right. you know, like, like when he, when he wins the race, there's zero time for him to celebrate. Right. It's just, he lands, your dad's been shot down. He graduates. <laughs> your dad's going to be hanged. Like, oh, Jesus. Let it breathe. And prom too. Right. I, 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 I love that they didn't even do that 80s movie thing of the mom shooing the, the younger son away mm-hmm. first before telling the story. She just just lets it out. Just right Lerts in front of out. him. Yeah. And at I'm home, sorry. Doug's brother buries his head in his pillow, but Doug tells him that he's got an idea to get his dad out. And he wants him to gather all the eagles. Overseas, Doug's dad rots in a cell, having a dick measuring contest with the Minister of Defense of the evil Middle Eastern country. They want Doug's dad to sign a confession, and he tells them to shove that confession right up their asses. And then Doug gathers the eagles and tells them the plan that he has to ha- that and needs their help. So Milo goes and commits some very serious intelligence crimes to get some info. Tony <laughs> implies that he'll whore his sister out if a guard sneaks him into the base. And Shawnee Smith drops her drink on the guy in charge of the records desk. And Reggie poses as a government official, all while Twisted Sisters plays. And the two of them, I guess, disguise themselves and start throwing firecrackers into the into a barrel to simulate gunshots, apparently. Yep. Mm-hmm. The best and the brightest. Yep. Nothing like faking an attack on an Air Force base. Right. <laughs> it's just hijinks. Just this, right. Yeah. It's just another I'm, prank. Right. Who's, who, whom amongst us has not gone into a uh, military base and done stuff like that? <laughs> so Doug shows up at Chappie's door and asks him again to help him get his dad out. Doug pleads with him, showing him all the stuff they collected, and Chappie lets him in. Chappie gets to work, rocking some James Brown and his plans. Then Chappie goes for a jog while he makes Doug read him some intelligence info. Then takes him to a jazz club for some Italian food, which may be the last place I'd go for Italian food. It's like smoky in there. It's like, oh man, this this manicotti tastes like uh, menthol. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) And that's a weird pairing, I think. Jazz and Italian food. Right. Yeah. Right. You you think you'd be you're like right? You'd feel like you're gonna get some soul food. No. That would be the last thing I would get there. It's yeah. Like maybe a steak burger. at the diner. Yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> I'll have the lobster. Right. Clams Casino, please. <laughs> yeah. Why does my stomach hurt all of a sudden? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to die. 
Then Chappie gives him some demands that he needs for the mission. Doug wants to convince him that he could fly the mission with him. Meanwhile, his dad is getting the shit beat out of him, which seems like over overkill for a guy that's sentenced to die. <laughs> <laughs> and then Chappie and Doug sneak into a fighter jet, thanks to Milo's continued crimes. Two F-16s are set to be sent to Spain, which are the F-16s they'll be using later. Doug hot dogs a bit before he starts doing some target practice, which he is terrible at, but only because Chappie made him turn off his music. Oh, that's yeah. so lame. That's, is that like Baby Driver, right? Where Baby has to right. be listening to music? <laughs> yeah. I can't it, kill people if I don't have my music on, Chappie. It, it's it's like the turning the hat backwards. Yeah. That's right. And, yes. And over the top. <laughs> we need more of that in movies where, where it's signified that it it's on. You know, right. like the main character is not fucking around anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he turns the music back on and then he's amazing at blowing shit up. Then we get a montage of Chappie planning with the, the rest of the Eagles. And it ends with Chappie commending them on being the greatest team he's ever had the pleasure of working with. And speaks with Doug alone, giving him a plan for his exit strategy. And tells Doug to get some sleep. Meanwhile, in the evil country, Doug's dad gets yanked out of his cell for some more torture. And Doug can't sleep, so he decides to watch some TV. Chappie gives him a stern talking to for not taking this shit seriously. Chappie talks about all the men he's lost in his career. Doug tells him that he knows the risks and it was his decision to go along with this, so he shouldn't worry about it. And then Chappie then asks Doug for his tape recorder and tells Doug to get some sleep. Chappie goes outside and we hear him record a message of how proud he is of Doug. And they set off the next day in their jets. They basically just up and steal these jets from the Air Force as they deviate from the original flight plan. And then Chappie goes through the plan over the radio and mentions they are running slightly behind. And then they reach land and immediately attack the enemy airbase. They decimate it, but three air aircraft make liftoff and start chasing them down. Chappie manages to blow up one of the aircraft, but they start coming under attack from some ground fire. Chappie's plane takes some damage. Doug takes out the guns on the ground. And then two enemy aircraft close in on Chappie and, gives and he gives Doug instructions. Tells him to load the tape he made for him, and if anything happens to him, to reach high altitude and play the tape. And they split up. Doug manages to take one of them out, and then Chappie gets another one right before his engine stalls out, and he crashes into the water. We see him, Chappie! Chappie! <laughs> I have a real quick question. Is there a reason why the name of the movie is Iron Eagle? He is the Iron Eagle. Yeah, that's his call sign. Is that the call sign? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I was, I was... I don't know what the name of the planes are. Oh, you didn't the, get to that part. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't know if the plane was, like, the Iron Eagle plane. I don't know if they have those names. <laughs> Stug goes to high altitude and plays the tape. Chappie tells him on the tape that he's probably thinking about turning back, but he's got to go... He's got it in him to do anything. Then gives very specific instructions for the rest of the mission to Doug. Meanwhile, the evil Minister of Defense orders an all-anti-aircraft air, personnel to shoot the pigs out of the sky. When the recording is done... Doug murders everyone, then sends a message on the radio for the evil Minister of Defense to prepare for his dad's release. This is where he announces himself as the Iron Eagle. The evil Middle Eastern country steals, stalls with the release of his father and his demands, so Doug bombs the oil refinery, and the evil minister got... Commits war crime number three? <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, uh, Reagan would be super pissed about that part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. That would be the only thing he cared about. Like, I understand going and, in, in, you know, breaking international law and all these war crimes. But did you have to destroy the oil? <laughs> you couldn't save that one thing. <laughs> so then the evil minister of defense orders the movement of Doug's dad so Doug can watch him die. 
They force Doug's dad to drive himself onto the runway. Then as Doug is about to land, the CO gives the order to kill the dad. So the sniper shoots him in the shoulder. And this plan probably would have went a lot better for the Minister of Defense if he just waited to give the order until um, Doug landed completely and got out of his plane. Because he probably could have shot Doug there too. So Doug, after he sees his dad get shot, he starts lighting motherfuckers up, including the air traffic control tower, which he blows up. And then the armed forces are ordered to move in to kill Doug's dad. But Doug drops the Hades bomb, which basically just creates a wall of fire between them and Doug's dad. So Doug lands, comes up to pick his dad up, and they jump into his F-16. And an armored truck heads towards them, but Doug blows it up with a rocket. And they take off with some jets bearing down on them. Then the evil Minister of Defense pulls of Darth Vader and jumps into a fighter jet of his own in order to stop Doug. After taking out the other jets, it's just Doug and the evil Minister of Defense. Mono a mono. There's some back and forth fighting, but eventually Doug shoots him down and explodes like a wooden plane would. <laughs> there goes the third in command for a foreign country. Yep. War crime number four. <laughs> How awesome would it be if we, like, historically, like, yeah, like, Libya had a wooden air force. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's why they couldn't really, you know... They couldn't really do anything. It was just a, <laughs> against their better judgment. They they made a whole fleet of wood. Yeah. It, it would explain a lot. Couldn't fly but, in the rain and just get waterlogged. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's a, the, the, like whenever they would get hit with some bugs or whatever. Like, yeah. Basically just like truth, chew through the wood and <laughs> termites. Yeah. Our just decimated. Of termites. <laughs> just decimated our entire air core. <laughs> Bad infestation. Then a few other jets approach, but they're Americans. They scare off the remaining enemy jets, and they head to an American base in Germany. At the base, who's there but Chappie shows up, saying he got picked up by an Egyptian boat in the Mediterranean. And they have, the, have to face the music and possibly go to prison. But the Air Force doesn't want to let on that they have terrible security on their bases. <laughs> they got hoodwinked. Uh, <laughs> so everyone wants this to just basically be swept under the rug. And then Chappie... Meanwhile, also convinces the officers to let Doug into the Air Force. And at the coming home ceremony, we find out that the government is basically taking responsibility for the rescue mission and disavow any role Chappie or Doug had it had in it. Everybody's happy. And then we end on blue credits. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. Um, it felt like very 80s computer, like futuristic. This is going to look like the future. It's yeah. blue instead of black, man. Yellow lettering uh, against a blue yep. backdrop. Ooh, yep. gross. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, yeah, then the line from the news reporter, um, thinking back on it, um, they probably thought it was funny and a joke, but it's is slightly problematic in the fact when it goes, there's rumors that Chappie did the whole thing, but we know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm wondering when does Libya retaliate? <laughs> and i would assume that there would be some counterattack. there there wooden air force can't make it too far down so right. yeah, they can't go very far but then 15 years later they would get their revenge uh, is that wait is that when the fourth movie takes place no that's 9 11 oh okay. <laughs> i was gonna say that i don't i know that there was a bunch of sequels i didn't realize they spanned that much <laughs> Slightly darker than that. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if that was the reason? In the in this universe, it might be. Yeah. 
Yeah. This is for Iron Eagle. <laughs> oh, I, I, it's always good it's, to make light of a national tragedy. Yeah, so that's Iron Eagle. It's a, it was fun. I enjoyed it for the most part. I think it would, it's, it's too long though. Two hours almost. It's almost two hours, which doesn't really deserve to be two hours. But I had a, I had a good time. It's 80s cheese. It feels very much like Red Dawn in that same spirit of jingoistic, yeah. <laughs> xenophobic stuff that you yeah. can't get anywhere of like the 80, like you can with the 80s. Hey, you'll be surprised here, this guy's. I agree with Ant that the movie should have been shorter. And I think you can take that whole race at the snake out and it does not affect the movie at all. Yeah. No, yeah. There, There's no reason for Notcher at all. No. Right, because he kind of disappears after that, right? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't, he's not even like a redemption story where it's like he hears, you know, he's like, he hears that his dad has been taken hostage and he's like, you know what? I just want to help get your old man back, man. Right. Well, you couldn't because we, we never see him fly a goddamn plane. Yeah. If well, I don't think the motorbike. I don't think Nacho does, no. right? He, no, Nacho no. doesn't live on the base. Right. He calls him Fly Baby. Right. <laughs> but yeah, but like that would be the like the usual thing that that would yeah. happen, right? Is that yeah. you yeah, yeah. put yeah, aside our are... differences because there are bigger things at play here. Right. Yeah. Or also, or he hears of the plan and instead of ratting him out, he says he wants to join them. Yeah. Yeah. Or creates a diversion. Does right. whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, you're right, Mark. I think if you lift Notcher out, you just the only thing you lose is a cool, uh, cool last name, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe two thirds of Jan's screen time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the whole race. I, I guess it was just to prove that you know, oh, he takes chances, or yeah, you know, he's a good pilot. But like, you can get that from just like the simulators or anything, because sure. it's very different fi- uh, flying a fighter jet. And a single-engine plane. Mm. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of that scene was just to show, show off what they could shoot, really. Mm. You know? It's like, look at the talent we got flying a plane for us for this movie. What's all the yeah. cool shit that they could do? And then he died in another movie. That's so sad. I, that is... That, that sucks. But I, I wonder if you take Solace, it was just like... It was Top Gun, you know? Yeah. I do what not. I love. Right. I don't think the family, if we talk to them now, like, do you think he would have been happy that he died for a movie like Top Gun? No. <laughs> no, he no. would have wanted to live. <laughs> no, he would want to have seen his children get married. What are you talking about? Right. right. What kind of asinine question is that? Who are you? <laughs> um, yeah, that that sucks. It's uh, That's why I, I really think that this is going to sound like pandering, but they should absolutely have an Academy Award for stunt people. Uh, yeah. Best stunt coordinators or best stunts. People give up their lives for that stuff. But yeah, that's I, I would agree with you, man. I think that was probably the best part of this movie was the aerial shots that they got. Yeah, yeah. that's impressive. And, and Top Gun wasn't even a Landis movie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> so he's not the only murderer in Hollywood, is what we're saying. <laughs> yes, yes. Robert Wagner and Christopher Walken are still out there. <laughs> well, I, I think just Christopher Walken, right? I think Robert, uh, Wagner. Robert Wagner too. Is he alive? <laughs> I thought he died. Well, that doesn't mean he's not a murderer. Well, I'm just... oh, you're saying because he's still because walking still alive. Right. Yeah. Robert Wagner's not walking around anymore. Exactly. Yeah, okay. yeah. He got away with it. No, he's still alive. <laughs> is he? Oh, I thought he died. Another a person long... we think. Did is we the... kill two <laughs> actors in this movie by Dan? Lou Gossett. Ju- I I kill Lou Gossett Jr. If, if we're waking up yeah. on Thursday or before this episode airs, um, if Lou Gossett Jr. is no longer here. 
but also Robert Wagner. But you know what? I'd feel I'd feel worse <laughs> for Lou Gossett Jr. than Robert Wagner. <laughs> like I just did a spit take for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Oh now I oh gross. Sorry, Robert Wagner. Yeah. Wow. Still alive. Could have fooled me. Yeah, so so the the sequels to this very much seem like Lou Gossett Jr. needed some some money for mortgages or something. Yeah, he, he was a consistently working actor in the 80s. Yeah, this feels like a movie he would have been in. I think. I don't yeah. think because it, it's not a bad movie. It's, I mean, it's not again. No, it's no, not, not this movie. I'm talking the sequels after. Oh yes, yeah, that's that's something where you kind of just like, all right, this is continuing to get me money. I'll I'll ride this train till I can't anymore. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe the second one you do sincerely. Right. right. You know. And then after that, it's just like, ugh. And, and after that, it's like you get into Michael Caine territory where you're like, well, I got to pay off this house. So <laughs> Wild Aces, Iron Eagle 3 it is. What a great quote by Michael Caine. I didn't see the movie, but I saw the, I saw the house that it got me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's excellent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, he, I mean, he was also, he did a sequel for the Left Behind series, so. He played the president. It's a step up. In 2005, man, three years before Obama. Man, I bet Kurt Cameron didn't have a last call on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Captain Planet and the Planeteers, there you go. That'd be great if he played himself. No, he was (laughs) Commander Clash. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but he, he's been consistent. He had a ton of work. Yeah. I mean, he's been working since the the fifties, late fifties. So. Yeah, so he's yeah. you know, he's a he's a well known guy, yeah. well known actor. Mod he's Squad. Famous. Yeah, he's fine. He was basically playing the same role that he played in Officer and Gentleman. I kind of wanted him to punch Doug, <laughs> just to like like treat me with some respect, you know? Yeah. Just give him a good smack. Yeah, I was waiting for that on the when they first meet on on the airstrip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and he stops and turns around and walks back to him like, oh, he's gonna hit him. That's what I would have loved to have seen that. That would have been great. Teach this punk some manners. I, I guess that's really all we got to say about uh, Iron Eagle. It's a fun movie. It's you know maybe it's not Top Gun, but Top Gun's not this either. That's true. <laughs> you can't say that. It's yep. one thing Top Gun can't say. I got nothing else. You guys, you guys got anything else, or you guys want to yeah. plug your shit? Uh, I'm done here. Uh, I could plug my stuff. My uh... My Twitter at Diacoino122, Stranger Damies at Stranger Damies, and yeah, that, that's pretty much it. The other podcast we do, uh, as Dan mentioned, Stranger Damies. Episodes now air every other Wednesday on your favorite podcast feed. In between those episodes, I do interviews and hopefully mailbag questions at some point from the audience. You can send to the Twitter account that, that Dan had mentioned. And then we stream all of our sessions live on twitch.tv slash pod. They will be usually Sundays at 12. They're every other Sunday. So just check the uh, the Twitter feed to find out if it, if it is coming up on the Sunday after the show airs. And then also all those videos go to the Stranger Damie YouTube channel. I'd love if you could subscribe there, even if you don't really watch our videos, just so we can get to 100 subscribers and I can actually give out a legitimate YouTube address. But if you just search for it in YouTube, you'll be able to find it pretty easily. Uh, so the other podcast is the uh, Game Vault podcast, which is our, our video game discussion and retro game playing. That airs uh, every other Monday. It's on all socials at Game Vault Pod. And then we also stream on the Game Vault Pod's Twitch channel. Outside of D&D, we do retro gaming on Monday. 
Wednesdays, we are currently playing Apex Legends. Thursdays, at this point, we'll be playing a new RPG. And then Friday and Saturdays, alternating. Jen plays Monster Hunter Rise. And then Sundays, I'm going to just play FMV games. Um, it seems like, for some reason, England is a hotbed for FMV games at this moment. So uh, we got a big market to jump into. Okay, and this is They Called Us a Movie. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts just by searching They Called Us a Movie. So that's Spreaker, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Just look for They Called Us a Movie. There we are, the mainDamy.com. That's our main website, and you can find us on all socials just by looking for at the main Damey. So Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, just search for the main Damey and we'll pop right up. We are also a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gbnation.com and on all socials and podcast streaming apps just by looking for Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows if you are into geek stuff. Probably a show for you. That's going to wrap it up this week. The director of Iron Eagle was Sidney J. Fury. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Lavecchio saying Sydney J. Fury. Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you? credit card bill.